hello and welcome to the kill shot mma podcast for ufc 294 a little bit different look here sniper is i believe on a cruise so hopefully he's having a great time but in the meantime i am the captain now he might be on a ship but i am the captain of the kill shot mma podcast i'm your host monk aka the monk petition and in this week's episode guys we've got 13 fights a banger card from abu dhabi happening 9 a.m central time i think nine it's a morning card so get your picks in get your bets in for sure and guys we're going to get through this card relatively quickly 13 fights to go over so without further ado be sure to sign up for uh the dfs army uh just go sign up at dfs army for the whole package get everything you need we've got tons of experts over there we've got people uh usually sniper for mma is writing uh all kinds of articles we've got our ownership projections and we have got the DFS MMA optimizer. So you need to get your hands on these tools so you can come higher and higher on the leaderboards and maybe even get that first place uh, finish of your own. Uh, so be sure to sign up. Check it out over at DFSArmy.com. Without further ado, guys, let's get right into the fights. Here we go. First fight of the night. Uh, don't, we're a little bit different of a look. We're using some different slides this week here. Uh, Shara Butin Magomedov taking on Bruno Silva. Minus 270 fight does not go to decision. Plus 210, it goes all three. Magomedov minus 281 favorite. Plus 241, the comeback on Silva. 8,600 for Magomedov and 7,600 for Bruno Silva. Guys, this is a fight I am going to be targeting for sure. Magomedov, 11 pro fights. 10 of them have finished by KOTKO. Um, Bruno Silva, several of his fights as well. And in fact, I, of course, have the wrong tab pulled up. But several of his fights have finished inside the distance. I believe a uh, few of them even in the first round. So both of these guys known for uh, for getting it done inside the distance. So definitely something I am going to target. Sorry, I'm just kind of vamping while I'm uh, <laughs> frantically looking for my slides, which I just found. There we go. Uh, yeah, 75%. So three of four UFC wins for Silva have been finishes in the first round, and he has been finished himself once in the first round as well. He's getting outpaced everywhere, but he has a decent strength of schedule. So this could go either way. Definitely a high-variance fight, not one I am looking to target for cash necessarily, maybe a little bit, but nothing I'm going out of my way to get. But for GPPs, best believe I will have a ton of this fight. Uh, I do expect it to finish inside the distance, and at 86 and 7,600, whoever wins could put up a decent enough score to make that optimal lineup. So best believe I will have shares of the newcomer, but I'm also not counting out Bruno Silva in any way. Let's keep it moving. Next fight. Victoria Dudakova taking on Jin Yu Fry. We've only seen Victoria Dudakova for about 30 seconds uh, in the UFC so far when uh, Estella Nunez, the person who puts everyone on the optimal lineup, put Dudakova on the optimal lineup when she dislocated her elbow uh, in, in uh, Dudakova's very first fight. She's taking on Jin Yu Frey, not someone I'm looking to target too often. Terrible, terrible DraftKings player. Probably the worst one on the card. Plus 140 fight does not go. Minus 170 fight does go. Dudakova is a minus 550 favorite, guys. So you know what we say about women's MA and women's MMA and anyone over a minus 300 price tag. We're probably not going to pay that. So uh, betting wise, don't really know what I like here for that. I'd have to look deeper into the props, but I'm not interested in Frey to win at all. Dudakova's numbers kind of need to be thrown out. She was 9,300 against Nunes. She comes into this one at 9,200, so a bit 
of a salary savings, but nothing too crazy. While Frey is almost a thousand under her average salary, but Frey barely scores two points a minute right around the uh, the Lewis line, as I call it. It's like the Mendoza line in baseball, but the Lewis line, two points a minute is what she is scoring. So nothing's jumping out at me. She does have an 89% takedown defense, but uh, her two and five record really not doing much for me. So I'm picking Dudakova to win. And uh, I don't mind her for cash. Don't mind her for a little bit in GPPs either. Probably going to pray, play, pray, probably going to play about five to 10% of Jin Yu Fry just because I don't go 0% on anybody in GPPs. But for cash, she's definitely going to be very difficult to get to. So definitely picking Dudakova here. And that is the lean for the second fight of the night. Fight number three. Londoner Nathaniel Wood taking on Muhammad Naimov. Naimov, if you remember, actually, let's let's uh, do the numbers first. Plus 105, fight does not go. Minus 135 goes all three. Uh, Nathaniel Wood, minus 300 favorite as of now. The comeback on Naimov, plus 250. Wood, 9K this week to 7,200 from Naimov. Naimov, I believe, fought, uh, was it Jamie Malaki? Uh, I can't remember. Let me pull it up. I'm trying to do everything at once here, so just bear with me. Yeah, Jamie Malaki. Uh, Malarkey was working him pretty much for the whole fight, and then Naimov landed the one shot that put Malarkey down, which is kind of what he can do. So got to have some of Naimov in there, even if you don't like his numbers, which I don't. He was only 5% owned against Malarkey and uh, $6,500 that week, but he did get the win. Excuse me there. Um yeah, didn't do much except land that knockout punch. Uh, Nathaniel Wood has some decent numbers, almost four points a minute, 54% takedown accuracy, landing at 1.7 per 15 minutes, has a 76% takedown defense as well. He is $200 over his average salary, which is a problem for me personally, especially when his average value per win comes in at just 11. So decent strength of schedule here. I don't like this fight for GPPs for Wood. I will pick Naimov in GPPs and Nathaniel Wood probably going to be an okay cash play only scoring 96.31 points per win on average 86 against feely 108 against jordan but the other two wins before that rosa and castaneda well under 90 points apiece. so not a huge fan of nathaniel wood scoring and i will probably be looking elsewhere uh, for some higher scoring guys in the 9k range i will be picking him to win however uh but again naimov you got to have some of them in there in case he lands that shot. Guys, this is a very chalky card to me personally. I know a lot of people out there are finding underdogs, and that's totally fine. I'm just having a, a lot of difficulty finding dogs this week. So the pick's going to be Wood. I don't mind Naimov as a little punt play, though. But at 7,200, I'd almost rather have guys like Elliot or uh, who's at 6,800 that we'll probably get to. Can't remember who that is off the top of my head. But there's a couple other guys I'd rather use uh, for a punt than Mohamed Naimov. Next fight, we've got King of Lions, Anshul Jubilee. Let me just uh, get a couple more. StreamYard only lets me put a couple of slides on at once, so I'm trying to do uh, multiple things at the same time. So just bear with me. Anshul Jubilee taking on Mike, Money Mike Breeden, I should say. Money Mike, uh, if you remember him from Friday after next. Or was it next Friday? I don't know. They all run together after the first one. Minus 140 fight does not go the distance. Plus 110 it does go. So relatively uh, close odds there as far as finishing inside the distance. Minus 260 for Jubilee. Plus 220 for Breeden. 9,300 and 6,900 for Breeden. If you remember, Breeden just got uh, smashed, uh, I believe, a couple of months ago. Brutally knocked out by um, Terrence McKinney. Yeah, that was back in August. August 12th, actually. 
So uh, oh, barely two months ago, and he is back. He is 0-3 uh, in the UFC, going for his Daniel Lacerda score of 0-4. Jubilee, meanwhile, is 1-0 in the UFC. Did uh, did a lot of good work against Jacob Seregi. Did well on the road to the UFC uh, tournament as well. And it kind of looks like if if I was if I was a guy that kind of said the UFC wants to win, it's one of the first Indian-born fighters uh, or Indian fighters in the UFC. I would assume they want him to do well. That is a huge market, and they're putting him against a guy that's zero and three. So, do we really expect Mike Breeden to do much of anything? Me personally, no. But if this fight gets extended past say seven seven and a half minutes i will be concerned to see what jubilee looks like and i will uh wonder if breeden can just lock down his fundamentals and keep it going and get a greasy decision somehow uh so we will see i kind of have to throw the jubilee stats out well over five points a minute against seregi but again that was a guy with no ufc competition and while breeden is zero and three he has fought some actual UFC fighters, Hernandez, Natan Levy, and Terrence McKinney. So three decent fighters there. Well, two and a half decent fighters. Uh, depends on the day with McKinney. So yeah, I'm I'm picking Jubilee. I like him for cash. I think he's a good GPP play as well. And he'll probably go a bit under-owned, maybe just a little bit with the other guys that we have up in that high 9K range. So uh, yeah, give me Jubilee for the win. But again, if this gets extended... I will want to have some of Mike Breeden in there just in case. So probably no Mike Breeden in cash, but for GPPs, I really don't mind him. Um, still 6,900, man, I guess if he wins, it's 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 going to be a good score, probably good enough to make optimal, but Jesus, Mike Breeden has not looked good lately, so can't really put a ton on him at all. Next fight. We've got Cedriques Dumas taking on the bag man himself, Abu Azaitar. Uh, Dumas minus 237 plus 202 for Azaitar. $8,400, so very narrow DraftKings salaries for some pretty wide betting odds. Minus 215 fight does not go the distance. Plus 175 does go all three. Um, I don't know how I feel about this one in DraftKings. If you're looking at the slides that I'm looking at, all of their DraftKings numbers are absolutely terrible. Cedric Dumas, who did he uh, lost to Josh Fremd? And then beat Cody Brundage, but he only scored 78 in that Brundage fight. Um, landed no takedowns, got taken down twice, and 17 strikes landed, and somehow won the fight just with a couple of reversals and some control time. Meanwhile, Abu Izatar also one and one in the UFC with his first win against Vitor Miranda. Second fight, he lost to Mark Andre Barrio. Uh, so yeah, I don't really know. This is a low level, high variance fight, rather large age difference here. Nine and a half years, it looks like, with Dumas obviously being the younger fighter. So I am picking Dumas. Uh, I do not like either guy's, you know, fight IQ for the most part. I mean, not that I don't like it, but they just haven't proven anything. So I'm going to really have to see it before I roster too much. That said, I think Dumas is, oh man, this hurts me. I think Dumas is probably the side, even though I have no idea. Uh, so I guess I don't mind him a little bit. If you're looking for somebody in the mid range, maybe for cash, throw him in there. I guess GPPs you could take a shot too because I'm really not sure how much he's going to be owned. I'm going to want to see the uh, DFS Army ownership projections uh, hopefully tomorrow and kind of find out how much I can work Dumas into my lineups. Uh, but I guess I don't mind it for cash. Isatar, um, probably more of a GPP play. That said, I mean, 37 years old, hasn't fought in two and a half years. I don't know what to expect here. So uh, give me the pick is going to be Dumas. 
I'll have a little bit of both sides in GPPs, but I think if you're wanting to play a mid-range cash option, I think it's probably Dumas. I know a lot of people out there could probably argue against me, and I'm not even mad at that. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if his ITAR won. So give me Dumas. I'll take the uh, I'll take the chalk here again, and let's keep it moving. Next fight, we've got the man with the biggest head on the entire card. I mean, look at the size of Javed Basharat's head. My goodness, compared to the rest of his body, it looks huge. Did you guys ever watch Animaniacs? I know I'm dating myself here, but you remember Pinky in the Brain? Tell me this picture of Javed Basharat does not look exactly like the brain. I mean, exactly. He, look, he is the brain. I know his uh, his nickname is the Snow Leopard, but I'm thinking he might he might change that. I mean, he looks exactly like that guy. So anyways, Javed Basharat. See, that's me vamping while I do other stuff to get ready for stuff in the show later. A little behind-the-scenes information there for you. Uh, like I said, I'm the captain, so I steer this ship, and wherever it goes, that's where we are. Taking on Victor Henry. One of the nicest heads of hair in all of the UFC, plus 195 fight does not go to decision. Minus 250 fight does go. One of the very few fights slated to go um, go all three, and especially at such a wide line, minus 250 to go the distance. But we don't get any kind of savings on the money line here. Minus 600 for Javed Basharat taking on uh, the plus 425 of Victor Henry. 9,400 for Basharat and 68 for Henry. Henry was the pump play that I was trying to think of, and I couldn't. I really don't mind Henry at 6,800 this week, to be completely honest. I think he is a decent punt play. He is, what, 2-1, and one, I think, in the UFC. He won his uh, debut fight against Hione Barcelos at a plus 400 favorite, so he does know how to win in this price range. Uh, lost to a Sunsau and beat Tony Gravely. Um, his numbers are pretty good for the most part. Over 4 points a minute, 3.6 points a minute inside the distance. 109, almost 110 per win. 79% takedown defense, both of his wins over 100%, and he's $1,400, guys, under his average salary of $8,200, and he's got an average value per win of over 14 so that is absolutely fantastic. No knockdowns yet, but never been knocked down, and has a decent strength of schedule, so 6800 I don't mind a punt play, and that's going to enable me to get to guys like Hamzat, guys like uh, uh, Islam. Who's Who am I trying to think of in the 9K range? Maybe Alice Garoff, maybe Mikhaev, maybe anybody else up there um, that you might want to go and grab. You're going to need somebody like Victor Henry to balance the scales. Meanwhile, Javid Basharat, while I think he probably wins this fight, I do not like his DraftKings scoring. Only 82 points per win. He scored almost 100 against Mendonce, uh, but only 83 against Gravely and 65 and a half against Trevin Jones. So that averages his scores out to about 83 and a half. Very low ceiling of 95.8. Never hit 100, as I just said. Very good takedown accuracy. 1.67 takedowns landed per 15 minutes. Controls majority of the grappling time he's involved in. However... $600 more than his average salary of 88.33 and his average value per win is one of the lowest on the card if not the lowest at 9.33 guys I cannot afford to pay $9400 and have some guy not even 10x uh his salary so I'm going to be fading Bashrod a little bit even though I think he wins I think maybe he's okay in cash if you really want you know but then what are we what are we really doing you really think he's going to win that many times out of 100 I can see it, but Victor Henry's no joke, man. Uh, he didn't look great against the Sunsau, but he has had his moments. He seems like he's durable, and his DraftKings numbers are not terrible, so there is tremendous upside at 6,800. I will be on Henry 
uh, probably in both formats at 6,800. Javid Basharat, more of a cash play for me, but overall it's going to be a little bit of a fade. Again, I'm going to want to see what the ownerships are going to be, but I think I'm going to fade this guy with a head that would make Peyton Manning blush. My God, look at that thing. It's gigantic. Next fight. We have got Trevor Peak. Mr. Hammerfist, Trevor Peak taking on Muhammad Yaya. How do you like those Photoshop skills, guys? How do you like that? I think it's uh, top-notch is what we call that in the business. Uh, minus 400 for this fight to finish inside the distance. Plus 300 goes all three rounds. Trevor Peak just a minus 170 favorite. Plus 145 the comeback on Yaya. And the DraftKings salaries reflect that as well as this is the most closely lined fight on the entire card for DraftKings. Um, this one is an interesting one. Yaya making his debut. I think I like Trevor Peak here, but man, this is a this is the definition of low-level, high-variance MMA, and I am 100% here for it, especially in the lightweight division. These guys are going to be throwing hands. I have no stats for Yaya. As you know, I am the stat part of... Uh, I'm the stat boy. I'm the stat part of this uh, DFS Army MMA uh, uh link up between me and sniper he's one more he's more of the one that uh talks more sense i'm uh i'm a numbers guy and i kind of do do that you know mix it with a little bit of tape and then come to conclusions 61 strength of schedule for uh i almost said hani yaya muhammad yaya not a good strength of schedule at all you want that to be like 68 to 70 minimum and we're here at 61 in his last five meanwhile trevor peak the guy that has three or two two ufc fights sitting at a strength of schedule of even lower than Muhammad Yaya's at, uh, where did it go? 60.76. So two guys, low level, high variance. You know what Peak's going to do. He's a madman in there. He He's a killer be killed guy, it really seems like. I'm picking Peak. I like him for GPPs. I'm not touching this fight for cash because I really don't know what's going to happen. The pick is going to be Peak. Like I said, I really think he probably gets it done over Yaya. But who the hell knows, guys? Just play both sides of this one. I'll be heavier on uh, Mr. Hammerfist, uh, in my opinion, as I do expect him to get the win. And I don't know much about Yaya. That, that's about it. So give me Trevor Peak here. Uh, but do not sleep on this fight for GPPs. If you play, if you pay the, if you play this in cash, you better say a prayer because who the hell knows what's going to happen, like I said. So, again, one last time, definition of low-level, high-variance fight. I'm picking Peak. I mean, look at that tribal tattoo. You know a guy is serious when he's got a tribal tattoo like that and a goatee. Holy shit. What is this? The 90s, bro? He is killing it out there. So yeah, give me uh give me Trevor Peak and we will keep it moving. Good GPP fight right there. Some people call it the fight of the night. We will see. Next fight. The Punisher, Muhammad Makayev taking on Tim Elliott. You can't tell in that picture if Tim Elliott is just nonchalant. He doesn't care where he's at, if he doesn't want to be here, or if he's super happy. You just cannot tell. Minus 105, fight finishes early. Minus 125, fight goes all three. So this one might be actually the closest line fight uh, as far as finishing inside the distance or not. Another extremely, extremely wide line, guys. Minus 400 for the Punisher, Muhammad Makayev, plus 300 for Tim Elliott. And the most expensive fighter on the card is Muhammad Makayev at 9,666 for Elliot. Let's start with Makayev. Uh average salary over his past or his four UFC fights is going to be $9,475 uh and somehow he is over that this week by 125. So yeah, 
You do have to pay up a bit of his average salary, but all of his numbers seem to be completely worth it. I mean, he only put up 98 against Fialo, but uh, or Filo, but 121 against Gordon, 120 against Johnson, and 126 against Durden. Obviously, the competition is a bit stepped up here, uh, even though Durden has gone on quite the winning streak since the Makaya fight. Uh, but here we've got uh, veteran Tim Elliott, 36, almost 37 years old. Uh, but before we get into that, yeah, the numbers for Makaya, fantastic. 116 per win, five points a minute inside the distance. He is allowing next to no points in every category. Three of his four wins, as I said, over 100. 7.34 takedowns, guys, per 15 minutes. And uh, let's see, two of his, no, only one of his fights has gone all three. To almost three of his fights have gone all three. So that seven takedowns a minute really does uh really does hold up over the time it's not just like two minutes worth of you know worth of fighting and so the number skewed it is a bunch it is almost uh an hours of fighting an hours one hours of fighting uh makayev controls 88 percent of the grappling time i mean his numbers are fantastic guys tim elliott surprisingly or not surprisingly also very very good DraftKings numbers for the most part well over four points a minute overall well over four points a minute inside the distance another 116 per win i mean you can't beat that uh 47 takedown accuracy lands 3.88 per 15 minutes which is a great number unfortunately makayev lands over double that <laughs> uh elliot controls 60 percent of the grappling time another guy with a 14x value per win great strength of schedule for both guys i think this is makayev's fight though i'm going to be picking makayev but tim elliot at 6600 along with victor henry is one of my favorite pump plays on the card um if this goes to decision, Tim Elliott could score 30, 40 points uh, in, in a three-round decision at 6,600. Depending on some other scores, that could put him towards the optimal lineup, even in a loss. So give me both sides of this one. I don't really like it for cash. I think Makayev might be too expensive. I will have a little of him. But in GPPs, I think I'm going to be playing both sides. I think I'm going to be pretty even as far as ownership goes on both sides. Maybe even more Tim Elliott just because he's cheaper. And Makayev, you could just save $100 and play uh, Alaskarov, who could hopefully get a quick win as we talk about soon, but maybe not. Alves, very tough vet. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be you know up to you as far as how much do you want to spend. 9600 the most expensive fighter on the card. Is he going to pay off that salary with another triple-digit win? That is going to be your call. I tend to, th I, I'm probably going to be a little under the field, even though I love Makayev. I just don't know, man. Tim Elliott, very tough, although he has been subbed four times. Makayev has three uh, UFC subs, so obviously that's the path to victory there. I just don't know. We're going to have to find out. Both guys could score well in a win. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm repeating myself now. Let's keep it moving. And we are on to the main card, UFC 2 94 and i think i have all my slides uploaded now i don't have to bs anymore i can just get straight into it saeed nurmagomedov taking on muin gafarov minus 130 fight does not go to the distance go to the distance i don't know what i'm trying to say fight goes the distance plus 100 minus 220 for saeed nurmagomedov plus 185 look at that head of hair on gafarov this dude looks like the joker straight up 8800 for nurmagomedov and 74 for gafarov Guys, I don't know. I don't know if I can pay that price for uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov, although he does love to snatch up guillotines, and he does have three wins over 100, and those three wins happen to be three first-round finishes. So he doesn't score well overall, two and a half points a minute, but I cannot ignore those numbers I just read, and I'm going to have to be playing 
Some Nurmagomedov at 8,800. Gafarov is 0-1 in the UFC. I believe he lost to Castaneda, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Where'd it go? Yeah, uh, John Castaneda, yeah, lost to him. 15-minute unanimous decision loss. None of his numbers look great. Barely scored two points a minute in that one. He was 7,800, so we are saving $400 on him. Um, got knocked down. His strength of schedule is good, which is uh, pretty much the only good number I have for Moeen Gafarov. I'm picking Saeed Nurmagomedov. I think the line is probably right. I think he wins more often than not. And, um, yeah, I think he could even finish this fight, even if he does get a finish, though. Let's see. He finished uh, Saeed Yokub Kakramanov, 76 points, round two finish. He scored 60 in a decision before that. He, then he put up 117 uh, against Stamen and 122 against Striegel. Both of those were sub one minute finishes. So if you think he can snatch Gafrov's neck in less than a minute, put Naragomedov in way more lineups than I'm telling you to. But as for me, I'm probably going to be playing him, but fading him a little bit in GPPs just because he does not consistently score well. Um, but man, Gafrov could come out here and just lay an egg. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely not sleeping on Nurmagomedov. Going to have him in my lineup. Maybe a little bit of Gafrov, but I'm going to have to see it. If he wins, and if he wins, you know, some crazy way, I'll be surprised. But uh, at least I'll know going forward. So give me Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, I like him for cash, and I think he's an okay GPP play. Although, like I said, I may be a little bit under the field there. Next fight. The spookiest guy on the entire card. It's Halloween season, and Ikram Alaskarov might scare you a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. I said on every other show I've done it this week, guys. I'm going to continue to do it on the shows that I still have to do because I'm a dad, and uh, that's what I do. Taking on Worley Alves, minus 400. Fight does not go the distance. Plus 300 does go a huge minus 565 favorite for Alaskarov. The comeback on Alves, plus 415. Second highest salaried fighter this week is Ikram Alaskarov at 9,500. And uh, I think it could be worth it, guys. I think it could be worth it. Looked great against Phil Hawes. I mean, very quick win there. I mean, you basically have to throw Alaskarov's numbers out. He has no grappling numbers whatsoever because uh, there was no grappling in that fight. Meanwhile, Worley Alva's getting up a little bit. Well, he's only 32. I was going to say getting up a little bit in age. He just I, I feel like he's 37, 38, but he's only 32 years old. Numbers leave a little bit to be desired. You know, two and a half points a minute. Only scores 87 points per win. Uh, only 13% of his eight UFC wins. So one win out of eight UFC wins has gotten him over 100 points. 80% takedown defense, 50% takedown accuracy, and does control 57% of the grappling time he's involved in. He's also 1500 under his average salary with a decent strength of schedule and some power in his hands as well. So I feel like the longer this fight goes, the worse it is for Alice Garoff. Worley Alves has a fantastic guillotine. He tends to go to the second round more often than not. Um, but I also think Alice Garov could show uh, a very quick win here. I think if he could get it done early, it will pay up uh, pretty well for $9,500 salary. So I don't mind him in cash. I don't mind him for GPP tournaments. But do not sleep on the $6,700 salary. As you know, I hate that salary other than, you know, outside of the past like three weeks, it had barely won at all since 2021, about 4%. I'm sure we're still at about 5%, but still, it was two weeks in a row, and that just shook me to my core. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really banking on that salary to do much, so I will be fading Alves, but in GPP tournaments, I will definitely have some of him rostered. So 
The pick is Ikram Alaskarov, but do not sleep on Worley Alves for GPP tournaments, even at a plus 415 dog price. Next fight, Magomed Ankalaev. How many guys with beards and no mustaches are we going to see on this fight or on this card? Taking on Johnny Walker. Minus 190 fight does not go to decision. Very interesting. Plus 155 does go. Minus 350 for Magomed Ankalaev. Minus 285 for Johnny Walker. 9,100 for Ankalaev and 71 for Walker. This one seems easy on paper. Even though the fight is minus 190 did not go to decision, I don't think Ankalaev is going to score very well. He he really doesn't score well often. I mean, he has good pace, over 3.3 points a minute, four points a minute inside the distance, but at distance just two. And overall, uh, when he wins, only scoring 94.25 points. So I don't know how much we can really bank on that. Does control 89% of the grappling time he's involved in. 86% takedown defense, which we should not have to worry about from Johnny Walker. And Ankalaev also 220 under his average salary. But much like Javed Basharat, his value per win leaves a ton to be desired as it is just 10.08. He is barely 10xing his salary, guys. So has a good power index and a good strength of schedule in his last five. Now Johnny Walker, surprisingly, or not, depending on how you feel about him, getting outstruck everywhere, outpaced inside the distance, but his score per win much higher than Ankalaev at 108. Uh, let's see, six of his seven UFC wins over 100. He is 700 under his average salary, 13.2x per win. Six of those seven wins have come in the very first round, and he has been finished twice in the very first round as well. Huge power index, but also a huge chin decks meaning it's the opposite of the power index how many times you get knocked down per significant strike it is by far the biggest on the entire card so i'm going with ankalaev here i think part of me tells me this one goes to decision but johnny walker's chin is so freaking bad that ankalaev could put him down and walker maybe could catch ankalaev too so i don't know this is one that i'm really going to check ownerships on i think ankalaev Man, if he if he's low owned, I'm just going over on him. And if Walker is too high owned, I'll just go under and then vice versa. So this is going to be an ownership fight for me. I want to see what the ownership projections are on the DFS Army website, which you can also access if you head on over dfsarmy.com and get signed up. So yeah, this one's going to be an ownership fight. The pick is going to be Ankalaev, but uh, yeah, it's I mean Ankalaev, you know, super boring fighter, does not do well for DraftKings. But Johnny Walker's chin, guys. I mean, come on. You can't. That's a huge part of this fight. And Ankalaev can crack. So, uh, yeah, the picks Ankalaev. I just don't know how much of G in GPPs I'm going to get to. Um, but that's what our ownership projections are for. Next fight, co-main event of the evening, guys. Hamzat Chemayev, ever heard of him? Taking on Kamaro Usman, minus 200. This line... I'm surprised this has not gotten steamed. Minus 200 fight doesn't go to decision. Plus 160 does go. Minus 330 for Chemayev. Plus 270 for Usman and Chemayev. The extremely cheap price. Sub 9K. $8,900 for Chemayev. I never thought I'd see the day. 7300 for Usman. I mean, if you're looking at the numbers I'm looking at, every single number is fantastic for Chemayev. Seven points a minute. Four points inside or at distance. 7.4 points a minute inside the distance, 115 per win, 125 point ceiling, all six of his UFC wins over 100 points, 
four takedowns landed per minute at a 57% accuracy, never been taken down, 99% of all grappling time he's involved in, he controls. He's $600 under his average salary of 9,500, 12X average value, four of six UFC wins, finished in the very first round. I mean, my goodness, guys, it's Hamzat. It's Hamzat. You don't need me to keep going on and on about him. Usman, you know what it is for Usman. Fantastic DraftKings player. Now, I know a lot of these stats are five-round fights, and this is a three-round fight. So, you know, the 121 points per win, maybe a little bit less than that. But a 97% takedown defense here controls 95% of all grappling time he is involved in. And Kamaru Usman is, what, $1,840 under his average salary. Uh, you'll never see him this cheap again, much like uh, Chemayev probably. I love this fight for Chemayev, man. Usman, short notice fight. He is, what, 36 years old now. Um, traveling to Abu Dhabi on short notice and with two bad knees, one of which may have popped. Uh, while being filmed for his open workout, although he is uh, adamantly denying it. Not sure why he's acting like that if nothing happened, but uh, it is what it is. All those things in play, man. I think Usman probably just here for a paycheck, to be completely honest. I hate saying that because um, I do have a lot of respect for him and for anybody that stepped in the cage, but uh, it seems to me that he would be here for a paycheck. So give me Hamza Chemaev. I like him for cash. I like him for GPPs. I don't care what tournament you're playing him in. Just play Hamza Chemaev. I'll probably be close to like 70% on him, I would imagine. I think he could run through Usman. I think this could be an, an, an impressive score for sure at $8,900. Um, Usman, I'm not fading into oblivion. I will play a bit of him in GPPs, not too much, um, but probably not in cash. At, in fact, not probably. I'm not playing him in cash at all. Uh, but like I said, Chemayev, don't have a problem playing him in cash or GPPs keeping his undefeated streak going. He smashed everybody. I kill everybody. You know what it is, right? It's Hamzat Chemaev, co-main event of the evening. Let's go. Before we get into the main event, guys, one last time, hit the like on this video, the MMA Kill Shot podcast, and hit the subscribe on the DFS Army channel. Guys, baseball playoffs are happening. Football is in full swing. NBA is about to start back up. Uh, probably tons of other sports that I'm not even thinking of are all going on and here at MMA for MMA we have shit going on every week so be sure to hit the sub on this channel so you don't miss any of the videos and get yourself over to the DF to dfsarmy.com and sign up for the website guys you got to get in on one two more of these sports and get the experts opinions our discord's going crazy day after day posting winners with DFS army helmets you cannot afford to miss out quite literally so be sure to get on over to dfsarmy.com. Last but not least, here it is. The main event of the evening, the rematch. Islam Makachev taking on Alex Volkanovsky. Minus 140 fight does not go to decision. Plus 110 does go to decision. Minus 250 for Islam Makachev. Plus 210, the comeback on Alexander Volkanovsky. 8700 for Makachev, so much much cheaper than his $9,500 salary uh, in you know when he was fighting Volkanovski in the first fight. But that also means that Volkanovski is $800 more expensive than he was in the first fight at $7,500. The numbers here are crazy, guys. I don't know what I am supposed to say. Um, the numbers are fantastic from, abs from, from both fighters. I mean, Makachev basically four points a minute, well over that at distance, or inside the distance, rather. Over 100 points per win. 
Let's see, 69% of his 13 wins over 100, 91% takedown defense, 3.24 takedowns landed per 15 minutes at a rate of 62%, and he controls 84% of all grappling time he's involved in. I mean, like I said, average salary is 9300 He is $600 under that, just like Hamzat Chamayev. Coincidence? I think not. Good power index, um, decent submission index as well, and a good strength of schedule. I mean, what else do you need to know, guys? Volkanovski's coming up in weight on short notice, and this one's not in Australia. This time, he's flying 10-plus hours to Abu Dhabi to the uh, you know the heat of the desert to face Makachev in what's basically uh, a home court advantage. So Volkanovski's numbers, what, what do I have to say? They're fantastic, guys. I could read them all off to you. It's not going to matter. Um, you'll still pick Volk or you'll still pick Makachev. But let me just say, don't sleep on Volkanovski, even though he is $800 more expensive. This is the guy that's made the optimal lineup five straight times since 2021. No other fighter in the UFC has even come close to that. Even in a loss, Volkanovski makes the optimal lineup. Yes, he scored 62 points at $6,700 in the first fight against Islam Makachev. And he was the one that made the optimal lineup that week, not Makachev, who walked away with only, only 94 points in that win unfortunately for volk i think this one is going to be not easier but i think it could end a little quicker i think this one could look a little more clean for islam makachev um it might finish inside the distance who knows maybe round three round four round five submission something like that um but i'm definitely not fading volk at all i'm playing both sides of this fight in gpps i'm probably playing both sides in cash the one question can we stack this fight? I think with 26 fighters, it's very difficult to stack any fight with 13 fights that can that can be, uh, you know, it, it could be just not a good idea. But Makachev put up 94 last time. Volk put up, what did I say, 62? I just, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think we're going to be stacking this one. My pick's going to be Makachev. I understand you need to get Volkanovsky in there as well. If he wins, he's going to score fantastically at 7,500. Really, I think the winner scores well no matter what, whether it's a Makachev finish or even a decision. I think maybe he can get his wrestling going a little bit more and stuff a few takedowns from Volkanovsky. So give me Makachev, 8,700. Again, a fantastic price for him. Uh, and even a great price for Volkanovsky as well, 7,500. His average is 86, and it's only that low because he was 6,700 last time these two fought. So probably an upper nine. You know, low low end of the 9K range for average salary, and now we're getting them at 7,500. So, yeah, that is a ton of numbers. I know I just kind of went on and on about this one, but this is the fight I am the most excited for. The pick, again, is going to be Makachev. Love him for cash, love him for GPPs, but I don't mind Volk either and completely understand if you A, pick him, or B, have a ton of ownership on him. I really do not mind that at all. All right, guys, last last things last. We're just going to leave this uh, this uh, slide up while we talk about, I mean, this is called the Kill Shot Podcast. That insinuates that we have a kill shot, and I need to give you my kill shot. Now, personally, and I hate doing this, I've never, I don't think I've ever done this, actually. I am picking all chalk this week. My picks, which you will see on my notes, I was out of town last week, uh, could not get a decent internet connection to save my life. Um, even though I was in uh, what they call a city up in Wisconsin. I don't know. But um, could not get a decent internet connection to save my life. So I couldn't get them done. But this week, I will probably be picking all chalk. 
but I still need to give you a kill shot. Um, and it can't be Trevor Peak. He's going to be too high owned, even though he's the cheapest favorite on the card. I'm going to give you way, way down a punt play. I'm going to give you Victor Henry at 6,800. Guys, I know. I just said I'm picking all chalk. It's extremely difficult for me to pick an underdog here. But I think Victor Henry could have a decent floor. Um, even if he loses to Basharat, I think if it goes all five, all, all three rounds um, and Basharat just doesn't lay on top of him the whole time and control him, I think, honestly, Henry could score like 40, 50 points in a loss and maybe pay off that $6,800 salary, especially if some of these uh, more expensive guys all hit big with their numbers or something like that. So give me Victor Henry. I'm not saying he's going to beat Basharat outright. But I think there's a chance, and he fights like his hair is on fire. And if you've seen his hair, if, if that was my hair and it was on fire, I would be fighting exactly like Victor Henry does. So give me Victor Henry for the kill shot. I have not heard from Sniper, so I do not know who his kill shot is. Hopefully he's not thinking about it at all since he is on a cruise uh, with, his, with his beautiful family. So hopefully um, he is having a great time there. And uh, yeah, holding it down the fort, holding down the fort here. As I said, I am the captain this week. Thank you so much for joining me on the DFS Army Kill Shot Podcast. Again, one last time, hit the like, hit the sub on this channel, and check out everything that we have to offer over at DFSArmy.com. And believe me when I tell you, it is a lot of stuff. So guys, be sure to comment down below. Who do you like in the main event? Who do you like in the co-main event? Are Kamaru Usman's knee shot? Who are you looking forward to the week after next at uh, UFC Sao Paulo? Comment down below. Hit that like. And I'm just repeating myself now. So it, that means it's time to get out of here. As usual, I am Monk Maddox, and I want all of you to enjoy the fights. So enjoy. And we will see you in the next one. Yes, that was me. I hit the wrong button. We will see you in the next one. <laughs>